I want to talk about waiting on relief. And as I was thinking about this this morning, so many times it can really feel like waiting on rescue. As we're going about our daily lives, and as the Lord calls us into things, we will find resistance from the enemy in that. And oftentimes it comes out of nowhere and it just it kind of catches us off guard. Last week, I really felt called to a certain message that I was to preach. But if you were here, you know that I was speaking on something that the enemy has a firm grasp on. And because of that, the week before leading up, I felt just a lot of spiritual resistance coming from the enemy in ways that's hard to express. It's just something that you feel in your spirit as you're sitting alone or driving. You just feel the enemy just kind of press in on you and just start pushing you back and just saying, leave it alone. And that's where we want to go. We don't want to press in. We want to just back off when we start to feel that resistance. But thankfully, the Lord provided. But I got to tell you, the enemy didn't stop. He kept pressing in. And the ways that he presses in, um, it, it comes from places that you don't expect. And one of the things that I experienced last week afterwards is that I experienced a lot of strain in my relationships. <laughs> relationships with friends, relationships with family, relationships with coworkers, um, relationships in my marriage, okay? It just kind of started to press in. And Wednesday, uh, if you were a part of it, we fasted as a church. And I can remember that at the end of that fast, when I broke that fast, I, I don't know what it was, but I felt like the enemy just went, Oof. and we had a prayer service here, and I'm going to be totally up in front and honest with you. Your pastor came in, and he didn't even pray out loud during the prayer service. You want to know why? Because I was so locked up. I was just locked up. Have you ever been that, in that place? I got to tell you, it, it, it's miserable. And, and what again, here's what it does. It makes you just want to back away. Because what had I done? I had preached on something that the enemy had a firm grasp on. I had entered into fasting. The enemy does not like that. You know why? Because fasting can break spiritual strongholds. The enemy doesn't like that stuff. He wants us to just kind of keep our religion over here to the side. He doesn't want us going into the schools like Brian is talking about. He doesn't want us talking about Jesus. Now, if we want to talk about being good little boys and girls and being religious people, okay, that's not too threatening. But when you start talking about Jesus and you start talking about deliverance and you start talking about living differently, well, that's threatening. And the enemy's going to come. So what do we do when we get there? Because i got to tell you, uh, it, it's not pleasant, and I can't give you a three-letter prayer to pray, and it breaks like that. I'm sorry, it doesn't. I find myself crying out to Jesus, and does he respond? Yes, but i got to tell you this, it doesn't come in the timing I want it and the way I want it. Many times what happens is we must, in our faith, hold on and say, Lord, you've delivered me before. I know you're going to do it again. I just need to keep walking. And that's what I found. I found that the Lord brought breakthrough. But here's what it meant. 
it meant just holding on and keeping my eyes focused because it felt like everything in me and in my life was going to unravel like that. And I know that sounds psychotic, right? Maybe I just need to go get on some drugs or something. No, this is spiritual warfare, okay? This stuff is real, and I want to share that with you because you're going to experience it, and you may think, you may just back away and say, I don't want any part of this, or you may think, well, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a psycho. No, this is real stuff. This is spiritual warfare, and this is where the Lord calls us to really lock our hearts and our eyes on the Lord and keep walking forward because here's the thing. The Lord has plans for it. I want to look at a scripture this morning that talks about something very similar to what I'm talking about here, and I want you to see uh, how the Lord used it and how uh, the person that we're going to be talking about got through it. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel, and we're going to be in the 30th chapter, and we're going to be looking at David. And this is before David was king. And before I share these short verses that we're going to look at, I want to give you a brief history, a brief reminder of who David is. David is the youngest in a big family, and his family didn't really think much of him. We see that in the scripture when the prophet came to visit, everybody was invited, but David, he was left out in the fields because who cares? It's just David. But that day changed David's life forever because the prophet said, we're not doing anything until David gets here. And then when David came in, the prophet anointed him the king of Israel, and he's like 17 at this time. I mean, this is like you're feeling like nothing, and all of a sudden God just picks you out of nowhere and says, you're the person, and lifts you up in front of everyone. And then it didn't stop there. Uh, The Lord took David and he goes out and he stands before this giant of the enemy that everybody else is scared of. And what's he do? The Lord defeats the enemy through David. David is raised up as a hero. He's put in charge of armies. I mean, this guy has everything going for him. Have you ever been in that place with the Lord? I feel like I have. It's like... God, you're so good. I I love you so much because, you know, he pulled you out and he placed you and he's using you. And you're like, God, I love you. And then things changed. Suddenly the king says, this guy's a threat to me. And so the king starts trying to kill him. And so the next thing you know, David goes from the national hero to running from the king. And all the people are confused. They're like, wait a minute, I thought David was our hero, but now the king says he's a traitor. Oh, wait, you know, who is he? So David's running around. He doesn't know who to trust. The king's trying to kill him. He's living in caves, living in the wilderness. And then even after all that, it's still not not enough. He has to move out of his country. And he goes, what we're going to find here, he goes to live with the enemy. He finds that living with the enemy is safer than living in the nation he was brought up in. This is psychotic. But i got to tell you that sometimes this is what it's like to follow the Lord. And the Lord knew what he was doing, and all of this was on purpose. Why? Because the Lord wants to bring us to a place that we are unbelievably dependent on him. And we understand that without him, we can't walk down the street. (laughs) You've seen the memes, you can't go to Walmart without Jesus, okay? It's true. You can't. I am an absolute wreck 
without the Lord. Even though I've known the Lord for many years, I've seen Him deliver me time and time again, I still have these days and weeks where I feel, this is it, Lord. It's about to all unravel, and I'm just going to implode. And then the Lord steps in. Where we find David right here is he's living in enemy territory. He is approaching 30 at this point. At 17, he was a king and raised up as a hero and for years and years and years now he's been running and he's living in enemy territory right before this the place where he's living is asked with his enemy his enemy's going to go fight the nation that he's been anointed king over and he's asked to come and fight but then he gets there and guess what they don't trust him rightfully so so they send him back home Again, I can't imagine the confusion he's feeling at this point. God, I thought you anointed me king. I thought you called me to be king. This is, this is insane. After all that, this is the scene that he enters into. He's headed back from the battlefield, and it says in verse 1, it says, Three days later, David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag. They found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. So, you're living in enemy territory, you don't know what's going on, you're headed back home in total confusion, and you find the place where you were living is destroyed and your wives and family are gone. The wives and family of your men are gone. Now, in the time that he's living in enemy territory, he has a, he has a few friends left. The people that are fighting alongside of him. Out of all the confusion that the nation was going through because the king's calling him a traitor, others are calling him a hero, these are the ones that stick with him, okay? You ever been in that situation where people are rejecting you and you have a few people that are close to you? You hold on to those people. Now imagine those people that you're holding on to all of a sudden say, we think we want to stone you. <laughs> we don't want any more to do with you. I mean, David didn't do this. This just happened. You ever had those things happen? Things just happen in your life. You didn't do it, but everybody's looking at you like, it's your fault. You're like, what? I'm not God. I can't. I mean, David didn't have anything to do with this, but they wanted to blame him. Why? Because they're there because of David. And why is David there? Because the Lord is allowing him to be chased all over the countryside because the Lord anointed him king, and now the real king, or the current king, hates him. This, this is just psychotic. 
when you get to that point, what are you going to do? Well, here's some temptations that go through my heart and mind. I'm just like, you know what, God, this is too hard. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe life was easier when I just did what I wanted and I didn't embrace spiritual battles and I just floated along with the rest of the people that are headed to the cliff, the waterfall that's going to end in death. You know, I know it's going to, you know, I know it's going to end badly, but for a while it's smooth. This is hard, Lord. You ever feel that? If not, you're not in spiritual battle or you're lying to me, one or the other. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy to say, God, so what's David do? It says he found his strength in the Lord. The Lord is training you. And, and you never get to the point that you don't need any more training. The Lord is training you so that you will turn to him and realize you need him for everything. For everything. And that's where David goes. David goes to the Lord and he's like, okay, Lord, I absolutely need you. Now, here's the other thing that I want to share with you. David doesn't know it. For years, he's been running, but he is on the point of absolute breakthrough. He's, he's right there at the point. Because after this moment, here's what's going to happen. David is going to ask the Lord, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord's going to say, go after him. He's going to say, you're going to recover everything. And then right after that, here's what's going to happen. That king that was chasing him, trying to kill him, he's going to die. And the Lord's going to say, go back home. He's going to go back home and the people are going to say, we want you to be king. He's right there. But God has a shaping that he wants to take him through. And it's not going to end after that. For his whole life that he walks this earth, God is going to shape him. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. God is still shaping you. And you've met spiritual battles. If you're following the Lord, you've met spiritual battles. God is going to call you into things. And at times, you're going to fail. But at times, what's going to happen is the enemy's going to start to mess with things. He's going to mess with your relationships. He's going to mess with uh, your work. He's going to mess with your family. He's going to just mess with things, and you're just going to be kind of like, what, what is going on here? And what God is asking for is that you would just simply just lock on and just, just look to Him. Just keep looking to Him. And what I always find is that rescue comes, and it usually comes from a place that I don't expect it. But, but here's the danger. The danger is, is that we get into such a place that even when the rescue comes, we're like, no. Because we're just like, no, this is going to be something else bad that's going to happen. So, so we just, we lock up and we, we push away. But that's not what David did. David didn't give up. David didn't lay down and he could have, okay? He's got all the reasons, but no. He's been through things with the Lord before. And so he looks to the Lord and he says, Lord, you are all I have. And God was preparing him because he was about to be king. And at that point, God is still all that he has, but it's not going to appear that way to himself and others. It's going to appear that he has control. It's going to appear that he has wealth. It's going to appear that he has power. And things might appear that way to you in your life 
or to somebody else. But the reality is, is that we need the Lord. So if you're going through something right now, I want to encourage you. You're probably not psycho. Maybe you are. I don't know. Spiritual battle is real. It's real. And, and it's hard to talk about. Because even when you talk about it with your friends and family, sometimes they really don't, they don't get it. Because they don't know what you're experiencing inside. But I want you to know that the Lord does. Jesus does. You know, right before Jesus rose from the grave, you know what had to happen before that? Before He rose from the grave and ascended to heaven and went to His throne? He had to suffer. He had to die. And the people that were around Him felt like it was all over, like it was all lost. But they were right there on the brink. When you think about the people living in Egypt in oppression, and all of a sudden, Moses comes after all these years of being oppressed, and he says, I'm here to deliver. And right after he says, I'm here to deliver, things got harder. <laughs> got worse. But as they kept following the Lord, he brought deliverance. But unfortunately, not all of them received absolute deliverance. Many of them died in the wilderness. Why? Because they got to that point where they just said, I'm not going to trust you, Lord. I just want to encourage you, don't, don't do that. Don't get to that point that you say, I'm not going to trust you, Lord. I, 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 you, I know you've been through hard stuff. I know. Because that's the spiritual battle we're in. But if you will lock on and you will keep moving forward, the Lord will bring relief. The Lord will bring rescue. Keep walking forward. Allow Him to use you. There's nothing like it. Father, this morning we praise you um, just for your goodness. Thank you that you call us into uh, things that, Lord, you prepare us for. You prepared David all of his life for this. And sometimes we don't see it. We don't know what's going on. And for every person in here, you are preparing them for ways to be used in your kingdom. And maybe it's not ways that everybody's going to recognize and give them accolades for, but it's still to be used in your kingdom. So I pray for those right now who are in silent battle. They're, they're feeling oppressed and they're just wanting to just lay down. I pray for their courage and their faith to keep their eyes and heart locked on you. And I pray for the rescue, Lord, that you would step in. But we know, Lord, that, that your timing is perfect and you have a reason for everything that you do. And we just praise you for that. Thank you that you choose to use us, Lord. Thank you for the hope that we have. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.